Welcome to Sun Devil Saturday, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. Now here are your hosts, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Trick or treat. (laughs) Well, actually, the treat comes next Saturday, kids, because we're going to finally play some football. In the Pac-12, as Arizona State is one week away from starting the college football season after a bit of a delay, and along with Sean Crespin, Jeff Munn saying welcome to Sun Devil Saturday. Good afternoon, Mr. Crespin. How's it going, Money? Six days, 10 hours. Uh, sorry, take, take that back. Six days, 20 hours, 59 minutes, and 10 seconds, 9 seconds, <laughs> 8 seconds. I've got it pinned on I the desktop here me, in the office, Money. I, We're I, that close. i got to remind myself to set up that, that countdown clock because... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But it is. It's here. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit more. Uh, I think it's it's time to zero in on the playing of the games. We've had kind of a, what is the term they use, a view from 30,000 feet as to what the team is like, right. what the strengths and weaknesses are. But uh, next next Saturday, we're teeing it up and we're playing football. And not just any football game. I mean, you think about it. I didn't realize it till today. I I, I was aware of it. But game two's not going to be any waltz in the park either because Cal figures to be one of those really tough outs in the Pac-12 North. I think Arizona State's got a really difficult way to open the season with USC and Cal back to back. Yeah, they really do. I, Cal, if you're not, if you've been sleeping on them, pay attention. You know, it's it's not Cal from a few years ago. It's a pretty good football team that is expected to be pretty competitive in the North. So you were going to get one. You didn't know who you were going to get. ASU gets matched up with one of the better teams in the North, Mun and, and and Cal. And you're right. USC out of the gates, the 10 a.m. local, 9 a.m. in California time slot to open things up on the big Fox station, and then Cal the next week. I mean, it's 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 not uh, not an easy way to start. You're right about that. And you know, it's interesting. Interesting. I was going to tell a story, uh, and I'm giving away one of the scores from college football today, but uh, Clemson did hang on to beat Boston College. And I had forgotten for a moment that they're playing that game without Trevor Lawrence. So the reason I bring that up is I got a buddy, Jose Bosch, who's the uh, media relations director for Phoenix Rising. By the way, Rising is champion of the USL. Just hand him the trophy. The match has been canceled. Give him the trophy. That was just a personal opinion. (laughs) Um but Jose is a, a Michigan alum, and I said to him a couple of weeks ago, I walked in for one of the playoff matches, and I said to him, I said, Jose, all we got to do is just let everybody else in college football knock each other off, and my school and your school can play in the CFP. And he laughed, and I said, don't laugh, it could happen. And I thought it was going to with Clemson today. But nevertheless, uh, another busy day in other parts of the country in college football, and the Pac-12 is going to join in. And I, I'll tell you what, Sean. I think a lot of people around college football are ready for the Pac-12 to jump in the pool and get in on this. Well, I know people that are around the Pac-12, like such as ourselves, are. I've been jonesing for weeks now. But um, yeah, you know, it's it's weird, man. I, you know, depending on who you talk to, some people I've, I've had discussions with say, you know, the Pac-12 is too late to the party. Some people like us can't wait to see what Pac-12 football is going to look like this year, and um, it's it's it feels like 
since we've watched Big Ten football the last couple weeks. You know, we're watching Michigan State-Michigan today, which was a heck of a football game we'll get yes. into in a couple of segments. And, uh, you know, it just feels like you're late to the party. It almost You almost have anxiety, right? Like, let's get going. Come on, let's, let's, let's go. Let's get to it. Uh, but, no, you're right. I think, I think the people who are really into college football are looking for that fifth power conference to get going. Uh, but it, it, they, they do need to get going. You know, it, I didn't, it didn't feel like when you looked at the schedules, two weeks was going to feel like a big deal from Big Ten kicking off to when the Pac-12 actually does, or three weeks once they finally do kick off. Uh, but it really does. I, I, I'm starting to get anxiety. Like, let's go already. We feel like we're really yeah. behind the pack now. So, uh, again, six days, 20 hours, man, we're almost there. Listen, there, there's a reason that Sean is anxious to get to scores of other games. What's your record now in Wheel uh, of Football? 2-0 and with that big wheel that Cody spins back there at the, uh, at the studio. I don't think we've so had a, a loss yet because Chirsten Suzell got her pick right last week, too. Yep. Yeah, she was so, Michigan, I think. But I'm surprised. I'm a little bothered. You said you were going to text, and you didn't text me Saturday night. <laughs> you told me you're working. Let, let me, I was working. When but you're not th- talking that never sports, stops you. money. When you're not talking sports with us, you're doing the news side of things. And you of all people, I don't have to, I don't I have was to tell a, you it's a busy week for news right now. I'm just trying to. Uh, not, I'm trying I know, not to bother but you. I was at a ri- I was at Rising. I was at their match oh, okay. against uh, right. El Paso Saturday night, and that's where I was. Uh, yeah, well, the next week is going to be kind of, <laughs> it's like just, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, and then we'll go from there. Uh, but there's another little wrinkle to uh, the matchup with USC next Saturday, and it's one that Herm Edwards alluded to, and we're going to hear from him coming up later in the show. Not only does Arizona State have some changes at the coordinator positions, but so does USC, and their new defensive coordinator has come in from Texas and he's running a 3-3-5 defense. And if that sounds familiar, that's the defense Arizona State ran the last couple of years under Danny Gonzalez. They're going to go back to a base 4-3 under Marvin Lewis and Antonio Pierce. But that, to me, also becomes an added little wrinkle to this matchup is that you know ASU's going to face a defense that in theory, they should be fairly familiar with. It's a great point, Mon. Uh, Todd Orlando coming over as the new defensive coordinator for, for the Trojans. And you're right, the three three five can cause a lot of problems for people when you don't see it very often, right? Because of the different ways you can you can bring pressure. You never know where, where it's really coming from. And uh, it just looks odd to a lot of people. So after you see it a few times, you know, you kind of become comfortable with playing it. And, and luckily for the Devils, that's a great point that I hadn't even thought about to this point, Mon. Is they're going to the three three five. A lot of teams, as I mentioned, have issues with it. The Devils should have none. They, you know, they've gone against it in practice for two years leading into this season. So that's a great point. I hadn't, I hadn't thought about that dip. I haven't gone that deep into what uh, USC is bringing to the table. But, yeah, Todd Orlando bringing the three three five over there. That, uh, that's an interesting point. Well, ASU should feel pretty comfortable with it. Yeah, and it, 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 Herm talked about this. And, again, we'll hear from him later in the show where he said both teams going into next Saturday are having to go get film of other schools sure. to kind of scout what the, their opponent's going to do because USC, when they start thinking about how they're going to game plan defensively, they got to go find film from Boise State because of Zach Hill. Yeah, it, it, I, I'm curious to see what this offense is going to look like. You know, we've talked with Jaden Daniels, and he keeps talking about how excited he is to uh, to start airing it out a little bit more. And uh, and Coach Edwards says it's all fun and games until those, those balls start landing in the other team's hands. So let's just uh, relax on that a little bit. But I think you're going to see a, a more wide-open offense. And, and Coach talked about it last week. Uh, I believe we played some clips here on the program that the scoring in college football just being what it is, 
you're going to have to score some more points if you want to keep up. If you'll get the top 25 and you'll get some of the top teams in the country and how they're averaging 30-plus minimum, you know, you're going to have to start scoring a little more as well. This offense is going to be open a lot more than it's been the last couple of years where it felt as if the Sun Devils wanted to run the football, keep it within a one-score game, and try to make a play late in the game to, 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 to come out on top. I don't think that's going to be the case this year, Money. I think you're going to see a lot more wide open, a lot more creativity in the offense. Uh, I'm excited to see what, what Coach Hill brings to the table. We have got a loaded show again. By the way, this is our last Sun Devil Saturday, so I, I did give some thought to doing a segment on reliving all the great moments over the years of Sun Devil Saturday, and then I realized, wait a minute, we've only done weeks. four shows. So. <laughs> That's like, had to take a minute and a half. So here's what we are going to do today. ASU hockey coach Greg Powers is going to join us in our next segment. If you're not aware of this, you might be surprised to hear this. ASU's in the Big Ten, ta-da, in uh, college hockey, and we're going to talk with Coach Powers about that and the continued development of a, of a great story, Sun Devil Hockey. Our buddy Vince Morata from 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, will join us to uh, talk ASU football. Vinny will talk ASU football anytime, friends, and uh, Sean and I are both very aware of that. We're also going to have our weekly visit with Tim and the Rapper, and we're going to look back at last year's win over that school down south. And in our second segment with Tim and the Rapper, we're going to go ahead and break it down. How do we think the Pac-12 is going to unfold this year? And it may be tough to do because as we're seeing around college football, lineups change, game situations change week to week, but we're going to take the best guess we can. A little bit later on, we're going to have an ASU fan come on and join us to talk about uh, him getting ready for the start of the season. We've had fans on during the show, and it's always been a lot of fun to talk with fans uh, about their experiences. And yes... Sean will courageously put his unbeaten record on the line in another edition of Wheel of Football. You know, Mon, if if I hit three for three, now normally to pull the curtain back a little bit on game days when you guys do this, it's you it's you and, and Jordan Simone, and I'm, a, I'm usually in the okay. booth at the stadium when you guys are down the street doing the remote yes. broadcast for the pregame show. If I go three and zero, you you know that I'm joining the pregame show. Yes. next week when I'm we start doing that. the normal format. Okay, I'm just making sure. With that. I'm, I'm fine sure. with that. I think it would be a wonderful thing to do, or at least have both of you on and say, okay, this is mono e mono. No, Jordan right now. can take. Jordan can wait. He can. He can wait. That's right. Until you lose, and then until I lose, okay. then he can step in. He's on the sideline. All right. Literally right. and figuratively. And, and obviously, as you know, friends, we don't know what game's going to come up on the mm-hmm. wheel when it's spun. So it, Sean's got no way of preparing in advance uh, for what's going to come up on Wheel of Football. But we will take a break here, come back, and we're going to hit the ice with, on a day where it's 89 degrees outside and talk with ASU hockey coach Greg Powers. That's coming up next. The Sun Devil Saturday continues right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our hosts, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Sun Devil Saturday brought to you in part by Circle K. Circle K says, take it easy and forks up. Before we get to our first guest of the day, I got a special note for you here. Sun Devil fans, don't miss your chance to join us in spirit at Sun Devil Stadium this season. A limited amount of fan cutouts are now available for purchase. Reserve yours today by visiting the sundevils.com slash fan cutouts. And somebody in Sun Devil Nation needs to pony up the money to get a cutout of our next guest because not only is he a really good guy, 
I could say he's really cool, but that's using too much of a, a tie into ice. But Greg Powers just happens to be the head coach. If I told you that there was a hockey team in the Big Ten that's ranked 13th in the preseason, you'd say, oh, it's got to be Michigan or Michigan State. No, it's Arizona State, kids. Arizona State is not only playing this year in the Big Ten, they're ranked 15th in the preseason poll that came out earlier this week, the USCHO preseason top 20. And the head coach of the number 15 Sun Devils, Greg Powers, joins us now on Sun Devil Saturday. Greg, it's Jeff Munn. And Sean Cressman, it's good to have you with us. And uh, yeah, you, you you already got the Big Ten on notice, Coach. <laughs> we'll see. It's great to be back with you guys too. But uh, it, we're just we're just excited to to play to play hockey, and and our guys are thrilled with uh, we think is a tremendous opportunity for us. Yeah, you know, Greg, the, uh, I, I'm not sure if everybody's had an opportunity to hear the story yet. You, I know you joined us with uh, on a couple of shows now uh, after the announcement of the schedule, but can you just take us through the mind, the, the thinking behind, A, joining the Big Ten, and B, saying, you know what, yeah, we're cool with playing an entire schedule of road games, 28 of them in total, uh, but can you just take us through your mindset of, the, of uh, thinking outside the box to get a season, because I think it's outstanding. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's we, it, to, to steal your thunder a little bit, Sean. That's exactly what we were forced to really think outside of the box just to preserve a, a seat at the table for our for our, our guys. You know, I, I mean, we we're the only independent program. Everybody was moving towards league only play, so we had to get creative and put ourselves out there, and um, ended up being a really good fit with the Big Ten because they only have seven teams. So because of the odd number. Um, uh, you know, they would have had somebody off more often than they would have liked. And we presented uh, a, a really viable option where I think there's some reciprocal value, obviously, between the two parties. And um, and it's worked out really well. I think the, the caveat of 28 road games, um, you know, we're not making a bigger deal out of it than I think should be. It, it at the end of the day, you know, that was part of the deal. They're all going to come back to us in future years, which is huge as we inch towards a, a new arena on campus. Um, and, and, and you know what, as a coach in, in the current environment that we're all living under with COVID and, and all the stuff going on, it, it, we, we get to keep our thumb on our guys and have extended road trips where we might be out on the road and play eight games at a time, you know, and, and – in, in a span of, of 20, 21 days, or, or it's going to be four games over eight or nine days, whatever it, whatever it may be, we're going to concretely get the schedule Monday. We're excited about it. And, 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 uh, and you know, it, it's going to be a unique experience, but we're just going to do everything we can to enjoy it. Well, in a lot of respects, and we're talking with ASU head hockey coach Greg Powers on Sun Devil Saturday a lot of the minor leagues do their schedules this way, don't they? I know in the in the East Coast Hockey League teams, because they used to have a team in Phoenix, and the Roadrunners, when they went out on the road, you were waving goodbye, and no one there weren't coming back for a while. Yeah, I, I mean, we're essentially playing a very similar schedule to, you know, like the American Hockey League and how they do it. And, you know, so when we go to Minnesota, we're going to play them and we're going to play Wisconsin in the same trip. And if things match up and it makes sense to stay out after that and, and, and bust the Michigan five hours instead of putting our guys back on a plane and, and spending that money uh, that way and, and then going back out on a plane a few days later, 
we, we might just stay out. You know, I mean, all of our guys are online, you know, for school. So the school's not going to take a back seat in any way. Um, but we, we think that this is a really viable and safe solution to, to almost create our own, you know, quote unquote bubble, if you will, where, where we, where we have our, our players in a controlled environment, um, 24 seven when we're with them. And, and we, and we like that. You know, you look at the schedule, and and it's all on the road, as you mentioned. But you're playing some some quality hockey teams throughout that schedule as well. Penn State's ninth, Ohio State tenth, Michigan twelfth, Minnesota fourteenth, Notre Dame twentieth. Uh, not only are you on the road the entire time, but you're playing against some pretty uh, pretty solid ho- uh, hockey teams on that schedule as well. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you could argue, obviously, the Big Ten's you know the best league in the country uh, from a competitive standpoint. It's definitely in the top two. Um, it, it's going to be a challenge every weekend, and and just from a competitive standpoint that we've we've never had, uh, which which we think we have our best team, so we're we're prepared for this challenge and and confident that we can take it on and be successful. And um, and and again, you know, since we've started this program, and everybody's wanted to make excuses for why we couldn't succeed, and and. And now the 28 road games is just another one. We're going to let everybody else make that excuse and, and continue to try exceed expectations. Coach, I, I want to give you a chance to talk about, I know we had an interview and I a couple of years ago when your first full recruiting class as a Division One program graduated and how much that meant to you. Now you've got a, another kind of milestone in the sense that you're going into the senior season of Johnny Walker and his story is well told. He has the most career goals in college hockey. We know how special he is, and it is unfortunate that he can't play games at home this year, but uh, I'm sure fans are going to figure out a way through streaming and television to see him play. This is just a, a tremendous story. Yeah, he's a special kid. You know, we wouldn't be where we are without Johnny and, and the contributions of his family and just just great local people that, that, are, that are Sun Devils through and through, and Johnny's helped us, you know, build this program in, in every way, on and off the ice from a culture standpoint. Um, and, and you know, I think two things to your question. One, you know, the, the other the other reason we were okay with doing this is because we weren't going to be able to have fans anyway. So um, this is an environment and a schedule where we believe a lot of our games are going to be on national TV, you know, on the Big Ten Network. So, so we will be That's accessible right. and available yeah. to – um, for fans to see in, in a capacity that, that, that generally, at least on a regular basis, they haven't been. And, 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 and the NCAA coming out with, with the ruling of, uh, you know, everybody's going to get another year. Um, so we'll see what happens, you know. I mean, Johnny's a tremendous player, and I think he'll have some opportunities to sign a deal, uh, if, you know, if, if he chooses. But, but I wouldn't be shocked if he decided to come back so he could get a normal senior year at home playing in front of his family and, and in what we anticipate, what will be the last season at Oceanside. And it would, it would only be, you know, kind of poetic justice to have Johnny Walker kind of close out Oceanside and, and that, that era of our program, if you will. And so we'll see what happens with that. I, he's a hell of a kid player and, and he's going to have some options, but, 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 you know, hopefully our fans get to see him come back for a fifth year. You know, Coach, last time we had a chance to catch up with you, you talked about how deep your squad is up front, some of the added uh, speed and playmaking. Can you expand on, on what your roster, some of the additions that you're going to have this year on the ice? 
Yeah, up front, we're, we're it's just a, a we're loaded. I have my work cut out for me, um, <laughs> making a, a lineup of, of twelve forwards with all the the talent we have up there. It's going to be tough. Um, you know, Sean Doogie, the, the 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 kid we added from Wisconsin, transferred in. He led them in scoring as a sophomore. He was a captain last year. He led the national development team in points when he played for them. He is he is a really special player. Uh, adds the speed and, and level of skill and, and playmaking up front that we just haven't had. And uh, Chris Grando coming off of red shirt last year, he was a rookie of the year at Boston College, had a ton of success there. So just those two kids, what they've accomplished already, looking for you know kind of a new start and just some 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 freshness to their careers, decided to come here um, from blue blood programs where they they contributed in a major way, huge pickups. Um, and then our freshman class. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly's a, a fourth-round draft pick from the Detroit Red Wings, and, and he, he's a hell of a player. Uh, Michael Mancinelli uh, looks incredible right now. Matthew Copperud from Dubuque in, in the USHL, um, almost a point-per-game kid in that league. And Benji Eckerly was the captain in Tri-City. We, we just, and we have everybody back up front, everybody. Sanchez, Walker, Sandu, Morocco. Near them. I mean, it's it, it, so we have got our work cut out for us, um, and that's what you want as a coach. You want you want competitive practices. You want backside pressure. You never want you know your bottom six guys in the lineup to ever feel comfortable. You want them to feel that pressure that they have to go hard and do things the right way and perform to, to keep their spots. Yeah, it is a problem, but I know, I, I'll tell you, Greg, and you know this, there's about 300 college hockey coaches that would love to have that the same kind of problem you've got at the moment. And, uh, yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, there's absolutely, no doubt. and it just means great things for this program, as has been the case uh, for, for Sun Devil Hockey for the last several years. Sean, uh, this is... I know there was something you wanted to say to Coach. Oh, I was just, you know, Sean Doogie. I, I just have, a, I have a special place in my heart for guys who are five three, you know, short and getting it done. I just, <laughs> I just, I just have a, su- a special place in my heart. So I'm excited to see him on the roster. I can't wait to see him on the ice. Money, a, a short guy's got to stick together. You know that. Well, his name's Sean oh, yeah. too. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. hurt. I'm a, I'm a part of that club too, brother. So you know, we weren't going to uh, go there, Coach. I promise you. Hey, hey five foot three, one fifty. I'm not five three, but I'm I'm well under six foot, so I consider myself not a part of that brotherhood. But it, dudes is he he's just an unreal kid too, and he he's he we we kind of you know I like I'm I'm close with Johnny. He's a great kid, and he's. He's a fan favorite. Obviously, he's local and he plays with passion and emotion and scores goals. But but we 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 give him a little flack, you know, saying, "Hey, you, you got you got you got some competition now." I think the new fan favorite might be Sean Doogie. Our fans are going to love him. They're going to love how he plays and watching a five foot three kid go out there just fearless in every way and going to the corners against six four guys and winning puck battles. He is fun to watch. He's fun to watch. And that whole team's fun to watch, and a lot of people in Sun Devil Country are very proud of this program and love what you're doing, and it's always good to catch up with you and find out what's going on with the team. Uh, have safe travels. That's the understatement of the century uh, for, for you and the program this year. Greg, all the best to you, and uh, thanks so much for taking some time out today to be with us, and we hope to see you at Oceanside really, really soon. Thanks very much. So do I. Thanks for having me, guys. You got it. Greg Powers, the outstanding head coach of the 15th ranked, think about that, 15th ranked Sun Devil hockey team. 
It just and and it's past the point where you're Sean, where you say to yourself, "Boy, that's shocking." It's not a shock anymore. No, it, it shouldn't be. You know, and and credit to to Coach Powers. And you can go one of two ways. I think when you're trying to make that step up to D one, right? You can yeah. you can kind of just take it as it is, or you can go straight ahead at every hurdle that's there and just and, and just go you know all all at it. And and that's what ASU hockey has done. You know, they haven't shied away from anybody. He mentioned to us, you know, I threw out the names in the conference: Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan. Michigan, Minnesota, Notre Dame. You know, last time we had a chance to catch up with Coach, he said we've already beaten all those teams once. So you know, this right. isn't that 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 shows you the type of schedules that they've taken on when they decided to go D one. They haven't shied away from anything, and and so no, that shouldn't be a, a shock at all that this roster is ranked fifteenth. Yeah, I was just thinking, there's been a push at ASU to get the Pac twelve to get more schools to start hockey, so they can form a Pac twelve for hockey. After this year, there's going to be about ten Big Ten schools that are calling the Pac twelve, saying, "Will you please form a league so ASU." You can go play in the West and leave us alone. <laughs> in any event, uh, Vince Morata, our buddy from Arizona Sports 98.7 FM, devoted Sun Devil, bleeds maroon and gold, will join us next. The Sun Devil Saturday continues on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Sun Devil Saturday brought to you in part by Whataburger. Stop on by Whataburger and try the patty melt today. It's an all-time favorite for a reason. Speaking of all-time favorites, here's one of our all-time favorites is our next guest from Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. The uh, part of, I was going to say, I don't know which party is. He's the Murata part of Bickley and Murata. Uh, heard from 10 to 2. I can talk for a living. Trust me. It's on from 10 to 2 weekdays. Vince Murata's with us. I, I, I'm nervous because in, um, among all the other things Vinny does, he's the arena announcer for the Suns. It's always been one of my fans. I wonder what it's like to be the arena announcer for the Suns. <laughs> and so Come anytime on, Vinny's man. on, it always makes me nervous because is it, you know, this is a guy, he's got the, he's got the really, you know, great job in PA announcing. And so, okay, I'm tired of joking around about it. Vinny, how are you? I'm good. It's funny, Jeff. Uh, I'll be going into my fifth year of doing that job, and people think that I replaced you, like Im- immediately replaced you. That's that's the, the legacy <laughs> well, you left. Okay, you don't realize you you did immediately replace me. No, I guess not. You didn't. I guess there were a few <laughs> other people. In the, There's a couple. They do. You know what's funny? And I we're really should be talking about ASU. I still run into people today to this day that think that like I left that job last week. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll come up to me and say, you're not announcing for the Suns anymore? I'm like, <laughs> it's been 17 years. Um, <laughs> but and I, and flies, I appreciate yeah. that. What, what, what can you say? Time flies. Yeah. Oh, so tell me about it. Every time I look in the mirror in the morning, I know that. <laughs> Listen, um, I know that this is something that you and Dan have to deal with on a daily basis on your show, the unusual circumstances of where we are right now in the sports world. Thank goodness we're back to playing games. But I know that, you know, as a as a Sun Devil fan, as an observer of the Pac-12, you're looking at, at what's going on or what's not going on and thinking to yourself, boy, can this get any weirder? And hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, I mean that's basically the strategy right now. If if you're you have a vested interest in the Pac-12, is just cross your fingers that everything goes smoothly. Uh, it hasn't gone smoothly in the other conferences, so you know we had that conversation this week. Why should we expect the Pac-12 to be any different? Um, now, again, 
you just hope for the best. Uh, they've, they've not built in any wiggle room, any flexibility with that schedule. So to get seven games in, in seven weeks is the plan. Well, we'll see if they're able to do it. You know, Vinny, I think the Big the Big Ten and the Pac-12, not only are they behind the eight ball and they have no wiggle room, but with their protocols, I think they almost make it even more difficult on themselves. I mean, the Big Ten, 21 days a kid has to sit out. So, for instance, Trevor Lawrence, you know, we saw what Clemson looked like today, would have to miss the next two games as well. So you're going to end up, I believe, seeing schools accumulate people on the protocol, and it's going to be even more difficult to get these games in just based off of the the rules that they put in place themselves. Yeah, I was watching um, – I forget which, which pregame show I was watching this morning, but somebody made a great point, and it was, okay, the Big Ten's got this 21-day uh, you know, quarantine limit, and it seems rather, it seems rather long. When, when we just went through the whole Nick Saban situation a couple days, he was uh, you know, gone a couple days and was able to coach in a big game against Georgia. Um, but the Big Ten also at one point dug their heels in and said, we will not revisit this decision. Well, you know what they did? They revisited the decision to play, and yeah. now they're playing. So somebody had suggested, why not revisit the decision to have the 21-day protocol as well? Uh, so we might see some, some flexibility or some movement there. Um, but, yeah, it, I mean, college football, uh, and I don't know if you guys agree, sports has been weird all the way across the board, but college football seems the weirdest to me. Yeah, I I guess I would say that after watching the World Series in a neutral site with all the <laughs> yeah. different little rule changes, thank goodness they got rid of that stupid tiebreaker thing. I, I that too was a little bit odd. I you know the funny thing is, and I was thinking about it this week, and I I don't get the chance. Unfortunately, I don't get to hear your show anymore because they've got me. I've got this job now that keeps me away <laughs> from listening to the station. I, I don't know if you realize that, Vinny, and I'm sorry about that, but it just, in any event, I it, it seems odd to say this, but I think it's worth mentioning. In a way, the Pac-12, because they waited and because they have this testing arrangement, all of a mm-hmm. sudden, they seem like they're a step ahead of everybody else. Yeah, it, it's been, the whole progression of it's been weird because I think initially I felt this way anyway. Wow, the Pac-12, they're the adults in the room. They're acting responsibly. They're making science and medical-based decisions in all of this. And then we saw you know, all the other conferences saying, hey, we're, we're going to give this a shot. And then I flip-flopped and said, wow, what, what's the Pac-12 doing? They're waiting too long. <laughs> we still haven't seen a game. We won't see a game for another week in, in the conference. But, yeah, when this is all said and done, by going down this route, um, they, going down this road, they might have the last laugh in all of it. Yeah, I, I, the way I described it earlier, Vinny, is, is you know watching the Big Ten now with back-to-back weeks. I almost feel like I have anxiety. Like, uh, how far back are we getting now? You know, how, are, are we behind yeah. the eight ball? Like, we got to get going. We're, we're, when's our first game? Uh, but let's talk about that first game. You know, ASU now new offensive coordinator, new situation with defensive uh, co-defensive coordinators as well with Marvin Lewis and AP. And, um, a lot of change, I believe, we're going to see on both sides of the football. The question is going to be whether or not you can hit the ground running against maybe the best team in the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, that's the big test, and I, I don't know. There's nothing to base this on, but I don't know. Yeah. Are you getting USC at a good time? Would you rather get them right off the bat and, and get them out of the way or, or before they can build up any momentum? I mean, maybe people on the USC side are asking the same thing about ASU because I think they're the two best teams in the South. Um, I'm really – one of the big bummers when we thought Pac-12 football wasn't going to happen was, wow, ASU has had a really good team this year. They had a really good chance to compete in the South. So – 
I can't wait until next Saturday to, to see what, what this uh, new-look team looks like. Jaden Daniels in year two, what that looks like, this new crew of running backs to replace Eno Benjamin. Um, I think there's a lot of studs on the defense that maybe had down years last year uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing how they bounce back. So, yes, this is a really intriguing team going into this season. Well, you mentioned the defense, Vinny, and I think we're also anxious to see how going back to a base 4-3 with and it's going to be Marvin Lewis who's going to call the plays. He shares co-defensive coordinator duties with Antonio Pierce. But on game day, Marvin's calling the shots, and I wonder mm-hmm. how that will help those players who may have had down years last year. I, I mean, it's got to be a benefit, right? I mean, when you look at Marvin Lewis and his experience as a, as a defensive coordinator, go back to that Baltimore Ravens defense, which is one of the best units I've ever seen in all my years of watching football. And, um, I don't think I'm breaking news when I mention the guy that I have at the top of that list that needs to step back up, and that's Merlin Robertson, yep. uh, who was brilliant as a freshman. And I think even his own admission last year, he said he had a down year. Um, I think Marvin Lewis is is not only experienced enough but smart enough to feature him and to unlock all the gifts that he has because we saw him as a freshman. And uh, if he gets back to that level and, and beyond, look out. And they're going to need him to, because when you go back to the base 4-3, now all of a sudden the depth you need to have at, at defensive end and just pass rushers in general is going to increase as well. So I think the one thing that they have going for him, guys, is is Herm Edwards, his, his philosophy of letting young guys play, letting freshmen play. There's an awful lot of experience on the defensive side of the football. Regardless of what they're running, the 3-3-5 or the 4-3, they're bringing in uh, a defensive unit this year that's got, Vinny, it's got a lot of snaps to this point already. I think that's got to be a benefit. Yeah, I mean, if, uh, I'm looking at uh, at least one version of a depth chart right now, and both of the corners and Jones and Lucas, redshirt yeah. seniors, Evan Field, a senior, Ashari Crosswell is a junior, but he's seen a ton of time in his first two years. Um, and the linebacking core, I mean, Robertson, Butler, both juniors, but they've played extensively in their freshman and sophomore years. Um, I, I think, um, you know, for all the excitement of, you know, trying to project what this offense is going to look like, I, I think I'm more excited to see what this defense looks like. I'd agree. All right. Now, in closing this out, Vinny, uh, we know that uh, that you and Dan kind of you can you stay on sports quite often, but you delve into entertainment, the arts from time to time. <laughs> so I'm going to ask you a question, and I know this will be in your area of expertise. We got mustache some... or no mustache? No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> see, see, he he can listen to the show. I, love I can't it, man. listen to the show because. Love it. I'm off in another room. You know, <laughs> Vinny comes up to me in the building and says, how's it going, Jeff? And I just say, you're never more than 15 minutes away from today's top stories. I mean, but that's an inside line, by the way. The, uh, but I want to just find out from somebody who's dialed in to modern culture. Tonight, on Saturday Night Live, do you think Daryl Hammond will come on and do Sean Connery? Ooh. It's a live show. It's a live one. They, I mean, we've seen they've had to juggle some some things at the last minute, and I know that that uh, Sean Connery just passed. So uh, um, I don't. That, that's a good. I hadn't thought of that, Jeff. I don't know. Well, I'll say I'll say probably not. Probably not. But it would be nice if they did, and uh, yeah. it'll be really interesting. And there's a chance you guys may talk about Sean Connery on the show this week. So I just wanted to kind of set that up for you. And, 
And, Appreciate you know, it. No problem. Listen, I walk by the studio here all the time during the middays, and I look in, and I just think, boy, those guys are having a good time in there. Uh, it, you know, <laughs> it's like I wish I could go in there and hang out with them. I mean, I don't want my bosses hearing that, but just the same. Hey, Vinny, I, we appreciate it. It's uh, Saturday. It's it's the weekend. I appreciate you carving out some time for us. I'll see you here in the building on Monday. Sounds good. Anytime, guys. Appreciate it. You got it. Vince Morata, Arizona Sports, 98.7 FM. You hear him with Dan Bickley, middays 10 to 2. Coming up, it's Tim and the Rapper. Maybe Tim and the Rapper have a thought about who was the best Bond. Well, we can get into that. And some other things football-related when Sun Devil Saturday continues right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Portion of Sun Devil Saturday brought to you by your Arizona Ford dealers. Visit buyfordnow.com. And a reminder again, Sun Devil fans, don't miss your chance to join us at Spir- in spirit at Sun Devil Stadium this season. A limited amount of fan cutouts are now available for purchase. Reserve yours today by visiting thesundevils.com slash fan cutouts. Along with Sean Cressman, Jeff Munn, and we are joined now by our radio play-by-play crew, the voice of the Sun Devils, Tim Healy, and Rose Bowl winning quarterback Jeff Van Raphorst. And we've been looking back on the Sun Devil Saturday shows at games from last season, and I guess in some ways, in terms of the calendar, we probably should the should have put the bowl game last, but I really wanted to finish with a flourish, and that would be beating the rival. So we're focusing in today on last year's game uh, against Arizona. And I, going into that game, and I was on the East Coast with women's basketball down in Florida, so I was gone all week, and I didn't have really a chance to kind of gauge the emotion or the intensity coming out of the Oregon win. But I'll start with you, Tim. Going into the Territorial Cup, strange as it is to say it, uh, going into a rivalry game, after that win over Oregon, did you have any fear at all that there would be a letdown? Well, I guess a little bit of concern, you know, because that Oregon win was, as we talked about, I think it was last week we covered that yes. game. But, uh, um, I mean, it was electric, the atmosphere in the stadium that night, you know, nationally televised by ABC after falling behind early 7 nothing, The Sun Devils uh, sprung or led to, by the 400-plus yard passing of Jaden Daniels came to life. Frank Darby had the huge game. Oregon makes a comeback, and then the big pass to IU for the uh, game-clinching touchdown. I mean, it was just such a special, special atmosphere. And it almost sounds um, like you're a heretic, a Sun Devil heretic, to say that there's a possibility of a letdown going into the U of A game. I, I guess you worry a little about it, but just the fact that it was the arch rival, it is Arizona, uh, certainly, if you watch the passion with which Eno Benjamin played in those uh, two Arizona games where he was the bell cow running back, uh, you realize that uh, you really had no concerns long-lasting that there would be a letdown despite uh, the hugely satisfying nature of that win over Oregon. You know, you you could make the argument, though, Tim, that they did come out a little bit flat. If you go back and look at that football game, I mean, the score at the half was 7-6. to six. There was no scoring in the first quarter, and uh, ASU couldn't find the end zone, had to settle for a couple, of, uh, a couple of field goals. So you could almost make the argument that they did come out a little flat in that game. Yeah, I guess you could, uh, you know, because it was a sort of lackluster uh, first-half performance. I also remember it was a very that was one of the coldest games I ever remember being at Sun Devil Stadium. I think the game time temperature was listed as 51 degrees, but that was a really, really 
chilly evening, but uh, certainly things warmed up nicely in the second half, as I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Yeah, let me, excuse me, easy for me to say. Let me uh, get to Jeff Van Raphorst in here, but let me start by playing a highlight because this is, uh, I saw enough of the game to know how much of a struggle it was at times offensively, and Jaden Daniels, very late in the first half, busted off a run that was just basically Daniels improvising at his best. On first and ten, Daniels drops back to pass, now has to run, gets away from two defenders, sidesteps another, cuts to the far side of the field. Here's Daniels to midfield, and Daniels out of bounds at the Arizona 40-yard line. One of the better runs of the year by Jaden Daniels. Picks up 25 yards and a Sun Devil first down. Rapper, when we talk about Jaden Daniels, I think one of the things that, that goes right to the top of the page is his ability to make something out of nothing. You know, I think that's that's his strength, clearly, right? I mean, his ability to extend a play, keep a drive alive, and I think that's really the difference now if you look at college football or professional football. You have to have a quarterback that's going to steal you what I call three first downs. Somehow, break containment, throw on the run, make a play. When something's not there, make it happen. And, and Jaden is, is electric on both sides because if you watch him, when he scrambles, he's not scrambling to run. He's scrambling to pass, and then his second alternative is to run. And he is, uh, he is very electric on the perimeter. You know, Rapper, we were talking earlier about the, the, the difference in the offensive philosophy that we might see. Uh, in the last couple of years, it's been run the ball with Eno, run the ball with Eno, keep the, keep the game within one score. I got a feeling you're going to see a much more open, much more uh, you know, progressive offense, if you will, this season with, uh, with Coach Hill. What do you anticipate? You know, I mean, I really like – you know, it's funny. Because of COVID and everything, I've been unable to really sit down and, and go on the board with Coach Hill. But we spent some time Friday morning. It was nice enough to get up early. and or He's already up. I, I had to get up and catch him. Um, Anyway, went through the offense a little bit and just went through some of the some of the stuff he's looking to put in. And, you know, let me give you some of the differences between last year and this year. You know, last year, our receivers, if you're a wideout, you only played with Nikhil or Brandon Ayuk. You only played the right side or the left side. You didn't flop back and forth. These guys are going to be multiple formations, two tights. They're even going to get into three tight set. You got Case Hatch as a fullback, so you can get into some 22 sets, which is two backs, two tights. And through it all, the one thing that Coach Hill is, is you know, a believer in is he's going to give Jaden some free reign to make some audibles, to take advantage of his decision-making. And I think it's going to be really exciting. I think the offense, I wouldn't be surprised if it took a little bit of time to get it on track. Um, but at the, on the same side, you know, because you don't have that warm-up game, right? It's, it's against SC. So I feel for these coaches trying to get a, you know, a team ready to open up right out of shoot because – you know, years ago we did it at Michigan State, and you know those get, those big games mean something quick. Tim, uh, you mentioned Eno Benjamin, a game that was it, it, you're right. It kind of plodded along for a while in terms of offense, but in the third quarter, Eno Benjamin, I think, gave ASU put ASU firmly in the driver's seat with this score. It looks like Case Hatch is in there, the linebacker turned fullback for the Sun Devils, the freshman from Perry High School in Gilbert. He was a guest on our show on the Herms Radio Show last week, did a tremendous job. He will line up as the up back for Benjamin. Daniels under center, third and inches. Give it to Eno, into the end zone he goes for the touchdown. Following the lead block of Case Hatch, Eno Benjamin scores his second rushing touchdown of the night and his 10th of 2019. 
Okay, here's the here's the key to that, Tim. You mentioned in that play, Case Hatch. He could kind of, even though he's going to play tight end, you could see him line up as a blocking back this year, right? I think you'll see him a lot as a blocking back, to be honest with you. And I I would not be surprised at all, Money, to see Case Hatch uh, get get some carries or get get uh, get some action in terms of being a runner or a receiver. I think they uh, will use him in a lot of different ways. And as uh, Rapper mentioned, uh, Zach Hill loves tight ends, and uh, you know I wouldn't be surprised at all to see, as, as Jeff said, a lot of two or three tight end uh, formations. And, you know, when you think about that Arizona game and uh, you played that highlight of Eno and he had a tremendous game, uh, most of his yardage obviously coming in the second half. But I thought of two things uh, watching the second half of that game last year. Number one, uh, you remember the late Bruce Snyder, what his favorite phrase was, put the blade down. You know, when the game got tough or when you're trying to hold on to a small lead in the fourth quarter, he, he loved to put the blade down, just hand the ball to his backs, and just run the ball down the opponent's throat to use up time, use up clock, uh, take away their will, and win the game. And uh, that's what the Sun Devils did in the second half of that game. They just ran the ball down Arizona's throats. And the other thought I had was in reverse. It reminded me in a, a, on the flip side of the 2016 game when the Sun Devils were humiliated in Tucson by the Wildcats. Remember that game? Arizona did not throw a single pass in the second half. Over 500 rushing yards on that game for the Wildcats. Well, the Sun Devils only threw two passes in the second half of that game against the Wildcats last November as they ran for uh, 182 yards in the second half alone. It was just, uh, not only would it have made Bruce Snyder smile, but I think Money, I think that's the way Herm Edwards, at least in the first two years, really wanted to play. He wanted to have an offense where he could run the football because, as he always says, running, if you can run the ball and if you can stop the run, those two things travel well. Oh, yeah. That means you can play that play anywhere that way. Yeah. I think the other phrase he uses is uh, pass to score, run to win. And uh, mm-hmm. certainly that was the case that night. Guys, stay right where you are. We're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to delve into how we think as best we can, given the changing nature of things, how we think the Pac-12 is going to unfold this year, because it does start next Saturday. We'll do that after a break, but as we go to break, here's the sound all Sun Devil fans love and can't get enough of, Tim Healy calling the final play of a win over that school down south. Jaden Daniels takes one last knee, and for the second consecutive year, Herm Edwards is going to get a win in the Territorial Cup game. And for the seventh time in the last ten years, Arizona State is going to get the win in the Territorial Cup game as the Sun Devils dominate in the second half and defeat the Wildcats 24-14 to 